0: Welcome to the Open to Hope show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom.
1: Hi, Heidi. Well, of course, I'm always excited when we get a mother-daughter team on, and we've got a fabulous mother-daughter team on that work in the area of spirituality and helping bereaved people. So, Heidi, do you want to introduce them?
0: Absolutely, Mom. We're going to talk today about supporting bereaved children And we, like you said, have a mother-daughter team on. We have Kathleen and Christina Fucci. And Kathleen is the mom. Christina is the daughter. So, uh, yeah, I love the whole mother-daughter thing. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Kathleen. Kathleen is the mother of three adult children, one of whom is Christina. um, And their birth mother died of cancer. So she met these three children when they were ages 12, 10, and 8. Dealing firsthand with the pain and confusion that accompanies childhood loss, she saw the need for Christ-centered resources and founded Kathleen Fucci Ministries. She is the author of the award-winning picture book, Emily Lost Someone She Loved, and she works with her daughter, Christina. Welcome to the show, Kathleen and Christina.
2: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Now, I don't want to confuse our audience here because I said that Christina was your daughter. because I noticed that you guys... Christina was calling you mom, but Christina, you are one of the three children that lost her mother, and Kathleen became your stepmother. Is that right?
3: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay, and now you guys work together, which I love. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Christina, yes, how true. old were you?
3: Um, When my mom died, I was 10 years old, Um, and I believe uh, I was five when she was diagnosed with breast cancer.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. So sorry about that that's really uh, very uh, tough so okay, so Kathleen, Mom, you come into the picture um how did you meet their dad and 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 how was it getting involved with the was it a boy or a girl twelve was um, twelve oldest
2: was christina and then oh um, you are the
1: oldest christina. yes, is the oldest.
2: And then we have oh. a daughter that's two years younger and then a son that's two years younger than that. So it's kind of stair-step. But two girls and one boy. Mm-hmm. And I met their dad on a blind date. Um, a mutual friend set us up. And I remember when he called, he said, uh, sit down. I I want to tell you about somebody that you need to meet. Mm-hmm. And when he when he said a widower with three kids, I mean, I was just taken aback because I didn't know anyone my age who had been through such kind of a catastrophic loss like that. Mm -hmm. And I was a little trepidatious about getting involved, but he raved and raved about my husband's character, and I
0: thought, well, i just have to meet him. And you didn't have any children at the time, right, Kathleen? I'd never been married, and I had no children. So you're now dating a guy, you're going to go on a blind date with a guy that has three children.
2: That's right. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and how ride, It was uh, something that I just absolutely. I felt like when he first came to pick me up uh, for the date that he was about ten or fifteen years older than I was, just because, and we were only a year apart. But just because of kind of the gravity of life, the yeah. life that he had lived, mm-hmm. I was pretty carefree, as you can imagine, being single and uh, just a career and and all the rest of the activities that were. That I was involved in. So this is a complete change. And you were in your 30s at the
0: time? Yeah, I was, I think, 39 Mm -hmm. when we met Mm -hmm. and I was 40 when we got married. I can see why you thought he was much older. I mean, he's had three kids and he's widowed already. And so, like you said, he'd been through a lot of adversity in his life at that point.
1: Mm -hmm. So um, were you already a spiritual person at that time? Yes, I was a
2: Christian, and uh, he also was a Christian and was raising the kids in the church. Uh, I think that faith, in a way, drew us together because mm-hmm. this this thing was—it uh, felt so much like a blessing from God to actually be involved with the kids and to love them just like a mother would, and Mm -hmm. to feel like a family. I think, well, you can ask Christina, but I felt like very early on that the Lord drew us together and that we were very bonded and attached.
0: It sounds like, Christina, that you have two moms. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yes, I think I was very blessed to have two amazing moms.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And I. that's why it's kind of funny to use the term stepmom because... I mean people think we look alike, people call me her mini me. Mm. Um we're very similar
1: mm-hmm. and uh yes, there's a great relationship there.
0: That's amazing. That's such an incredible story.
1: Do you remember first meeting her? I was just wondering how how it was. I think I think uh kids kind of take the lead from their big sister. Wow. <laughs> well, I was very I remember exactly what it was initially. like to I um, walked into the house and
2: she was on the sitting couch, on the couch had And she well, Wait a minute, gave we're me... getting
1: both of you at the same time. Can can you talk about it first, uh Christine, and then we'll um let your mom talk about it a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I was
3: sitting on the couch, arms folded, very standoffish, um just initially. And then it was only a couple of minutes later when I realized there was something different. About her and that it seemed like my dad really loved her. And so by the end of the night, we were all talking to her, showing her my dad's letterman jacket, you know, pulling out old yearbooks, things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so it turned around for me pretty quickly. <laughs> but initially, I was like, who is this person? And mm-hmm. um, definitely more standoffish.
1: Now, how long had your mom been gone by then, your your biological mom?
3: Um, she had been gone two years at that point
1: uh-huh
0: Uh uh-huh. and i can certainly well, understand your half, hesitation yeah. because you don't want to fully invest in someone that might not be around you'd already yeah. had one loss with exactly, your biological yes. mom well i i definitely know from my own experience that you don't have to be completely bonded by blood i have my daughter's adopted so mm-hmm. i love hearing the story i mean our our kids come to us in many ways and kathleen i love that you had an instant family
1: yeah, Kathleen, oh, okay. and I wanted to ask you now, how how was it when you first came into the room and, and met them? And
2: Well, when I first walked in the house, I realized that there were kind of evidences of her mom everywhere. I mean, in the entryway, there was a framed picture of her with her obituary. And, uh, there you know, the, it was just a definite feeling of kind of her little mementos were there, but when I met the kids, all three of them were so different. Uh, Christina was on the couch with a nod, and her sister Amy, she was holding my hand and kind of all over me, and then our son was running around the room, like, hyperactive, not knowing what to do, I think. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, they were all very, very sweet, and we ate our first meal together that night, and like Christina said, by the end of the night, I was—they were in my lap. They were trying on my shoes. They were showing me f- photos, and it was just this overwhelming sense of kind of love, and you know that emotion. I mean, you've experienced it. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's something that supersedes anything you felt before because it is so deep.
1: Now talk about cuz uh for the benefit of this show I want to get right into the Christian part. How do you think what did they need as far as God's love? And I know you've written this wonderful book, Emily lost someone you Lo- she loved as a result of this whole thing and using your family experience, what did the kids need and and what was your thought?
2: Well, I think most of all that they le- they need loving kindness and they need a hope for their future. Um They need an opportunity to tell you how they're feeling in great detail. So you need to be a really good listener. But I think most of all, and this is the reason really why we've founded this ministry and developed these grief resources, because most of all, they need God himself. They need to know that he loves them and that he's with them and that he is eternally good. And not only that, but he has eternally good plans for us
1: and And so how you got little kids how How do you let the little kids know this in a, in an easy way? That's as you said, there were no books or anything. So one of the ways is certainly to read your book how did How did you get that How did you teach the kids that and help them?
2: Well, I'm not sure that I did everything right. In fact, I'm absolutely certain I didn't. Uh, they we We shared our Christian faith, and we went to church. We talked about God a lot. And I don't think that I ever used an outside resource because the books that the kids had been given when they first lost their mom were ones about heaven and rainbows and teddy bears and just they didn't really speak to the reality of the kind of emotions that kids go through and the severity of it and all of that. So I didn't find a resource really that I could use and when I found, when I decided to write the book it was just a couple of years ago and I was talking to Amy our middle daughter and said boy if I had to do it over again I would write a book that would help a widower or widower to to kind of speak God's loving words over their child again and again just to rehearse that goodness of God and his character. Um, And there wasn't something like that out there. And I feel like with Emily lost someone she loved that I at least opened that door for a surviving parent to have a resource.
1: Well, I want to ask you, Christina, what did your mom bring? Do you remember what kinds of things were important to you?
3: I think the biggest thing was she was pretty much the person who slowly walked me through the grieving process so no no conversation was off the limit. No questions I had about God were off the limit. um i we did go to church every Sunday, but I was really able to process things with her. um, you know, questions about how do we know um who the true God is and and then questions about just grief and processing it. And a lot of it, she has a psychology background and a theology background, so um, a lot of it was just spending time with her, talking with her, and um,
1: having her kind of with me through the process. Mm-hmm. Now, you you're, uh, I noticed on your side that you're going to come out with kind of a program, the steps of helping uh, people with grief, right?
2: That's right. A 13-week uh, grief curriculum, and there really is not one like it right now, so we're excited about being able to offer one that is a little bit more personal. In fact, I think with each lesson, we're going to have a letter from someone who, who has lost a loved one, and just to explain their story, how it happened, and kind of what they went through and where they are now, as well as bringing in stories from the Bible about characters who suffered tremendous loss or find, found themselves in terrible Uh, circumstances, how God intervened and changed, restored, brought hope, and brought them into a new life. So we're very excited about that curriculum. And then we also are going to come out with a a hope journal. People have come out with grief journals before. This hope journal not only allows a child to kind of walk through the past and journal that and um, answer questions, but also brings them into their future. Because again, I think that they need to start reestablishing that hope for their future right away. And so it brings them into thinking about what they're thankful for and what they're good at and what they think
0: God might use them in in the future, those sorts of things. I, I love all this because I think that when children have a death, it's so it can be so scary. Mm-hmm. And the idea of opening up communication and the spiritual piece and then offering hope is is really powerful and like you said kathleen i don't see anything like it out there
2: no i am really um hoping that we can sort of break the ice and get into just much more depth i think in these materials that we're bringing it certainly is true like you said that there's a silence a lot of times between the widow or widower and the children who face the loss. And there is this, well, Christina can speak to it as well. It just kind of, they've all gone through this terrible, terrible thing, and yet they don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that breaking the ice and going in there and trying to re engage a parent into the spiritual development. Of- we're trying to get that conversation going.
0: Well, and the is problem is when you don't talk to children about things openly, et cetera, in an age appropriate way, they fill in the blanks. I mean, they, they fill in things, and sometimes it's scary, and they don't really know where mommy went or daddy went, or, you know, and they're terrified someone else is going to die, and they, don't, they have so many questions, and they're so concrete in so many ways. Um, Christina, do you feel like your dad was able to talk with you? about things or do you feel like it was not really discussed your mom was not really discussed
3: i think that the latter (laughs) it -hmm. was very challenging to talk to anyone that i went through the the um, death with Mm -hmm. about it so including grandparents siblings my dad um we really didn't talk about it and i think i tried to never show that um like, there were so many things falling over, um, apart around me mm-hmm. that I think I really internalized a lot of it. And um, I, like, I don't really remember crying that much in front of other people. Um, but we jokingly called my mom uh, my mom the icebreaker because when she came <laughs> on the scene, um, that was when a lot of these things started getting discussed and talked about. And, I mean, it was... It was amazing and so
0: needed. And I, and I like can that, see that, Christina, because really. you were the oldest. And here your dad, is, you know, you've had this horrific loss, and your dad's had this loss. And I would think, okay, you almost sometimes, I mean, this happened, since, this happened when my brother died, and I'm the oldest. I felt like I had to grieve alone because I didn't want to cause my parents any more pain because I yeah. felt like they had been through so much with my brother dying yes. that I kind of hid it from them. I don't know if that was your some of what was going on for you.
3: Yes, I th- I think so, and I think, like, someone needs to, like, you get the sense that someone needs to be strong, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I think I kind of took that on. Um, I have another friend who, she lost her father, and I remember her um, saying that she just wanted to kind of be the perfect child, to not cause any more pain and hardship, kind of like what you're saying.
0: Right, and I love, then Kathleen here is this person that comes in from the outside and is able to be there for you all and and open up the communication.
1: Yes. And you know what uh, really what cool. I like here too is the fact that you uh, because you have a very had a very unusual circumstance whereas if you have somebody die and you have to handle it on your own, you've got a journal, you're doing a program for people. I mean, that's that intervention that comes in and gets the talking going, mm-hmm. you know, without A a person, and the book is an opportunity for people to uh, read it to their kids. Emily uh, Mm -hmm. lost someone she loved reading that book, and it, it it gives you that topic of conversation. So, so you you know, one of the things that I think as a parent, when my son died, is that I didn't want to see my kids cry.
2: Yeah. So that makes sense. you know, having an,
1: mm. uh, you know, it was so painful. So that's part of the reason you don't talk about it because mm-hmm. it's so you know, you just don't want everybody to melt down. But having journals and uh, a book and things, I think it's a fabulous idea.
0: I agree, Mom. Thank you. Yeah.
1: S- so, what's your plan for the future? You're you're going to start these uh, work. Is it going to be online so people can pick up your content online?
2: I think that the curriculum will be, yes, downloadable. And then I believe the Hope Journal, just uh, because it's so lengthy, will be uh, printed. And it will probably be available, mm, I would say, late this year or early next year. And then in the meantime, we have another book. Um, I wrote a book from a boy's perspective called Keep Your Eyes Up, Franklin. And it's about a boy who loses his dad. Because there are emotions that boys and and behaviors that boys exhibit that are different from Mm -hmm. girls. And I felt like in a picture book, you only have a thousand words. So it was kind of nice to have a companion book where I could, kind of express uh, more of those words and more of the nature of God. So in the second book, this uh, Keep Your Eyes Up Franklin, it's really about the fatherhood of God, about understanding that. And I I hope that that book will be out in the next few months.
0: Yeah, I love the cover, and I love the name of it. So if someone wants to get your book, I know that one's not out yet, but the other one, how do they find you?
2: Well, on our website, KathleenFucciMinistries.org, We sell uh, the book, and we also sell what we call a box of blessings so that if you know someone, who's a a child who's lost a loved one, you can send them a box with a stuffed animal in the book and a pen and some neat little things that go with it. So, yeah, all of that's available on the website. We also sell the book itself on um, Amazon.
0: Very good. So, Kathleen Fucci, your last name is F-U-C-C-I for any of those that want to find her and find her website which is wonderful thank you very much well, thank you both for being on today we love the whole mother-daughter thing and that you guys are working together it's so fabulous because as you know we do that too so and thank you for coming on and speaking about how to support brief children yes
1: thank and you. Thank, thank you so much me. it's been great to meet you both god bless you yes. Well, Heidi, uh, gosh, they're inspiring, aren't they?
0: Yes, absolutely. They really are. I love and this so, story.
1: Yeah, I, I just hope this will really intrigue people to go to their site and to look at the beautiful book. I have the book here. It's gorgeous. And the website is beautiful. And Well, it's, it's just all full, of, all full of love and hope. There's no question about it.
0: Yeah, and I love the relationship that they have.
1: Yep. Well, we want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our show today. And we hope that you'll remember if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own because there is hope and help and love out there for you. And God bless.
2: You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Doctors Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.